edit it. Though. It's just talking, isn't it? It's just chatting. It's just kind professional, of a professional version of talking. I wish that I could have one of those. Mm. Yeah, you're completely banned from. Well, I'm not. I've banned myself. Oh, okay. Just because it's sensible not to drink yeah. while you're taking antibiotics. That's what they say. But That's what the experts say. Yeah. I've been recording for. Oh, was that good? There you go. Some... We're off. We're off. More quality content. Yeah. So I've come up with another one. Oh, here we go. Actually, I've actually been thinking that these are going to get harder and harder as we go along because there's only so many words that rhyme. That's true. Well, they don't have to rhyme. There's no rule that says they have to rhyme. I don't know what you're on about, so I'm excited. Yeah. My third favourite place is the pub. It's the failed rock star club. First and second. Well, that's why I was hoping I would ask that. Right? Yeah, I was hoping you'd ask that. <laughs> so, uh, I don't want to say because I want to sound mysterious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe yeah. by the end of the show. Yeah, Maybe I have to think of one. I have to think of So, welcome everyone to the Failed Rockstar Club podcast, um, episode two. Um, this is the podcast that talks to musicians about mental health, positive well-being, um, their journey in music, and a little soupçon of fashion. Soup song. Is that the right word? <laughs> I don't think so. Saucy song. Saucy song? That's, that's mushroom, isn't yeah. it? Isn't that sausage? I've got no idea. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, so this is episode two. Um, it's, we're calling this one the Bessie Turner episode. And I'd like to, to guess Bessie why we're calling Turner. it that. Bessie Turner, singer, we're here songwriter. With our, with our first proper guest, Bessie Turner. <gasps> Woo! Yay! Yeah, here we are. Um, thanks Hello, for Bessie. having me. Hello. Thanks for coming. Thank you loads for having me. So we want to kind of like the whole point of this, the actual real one we're going to be doing, which is this, which the first one we did was like me and Jess chatting away um, about our experiences. But we're going to start as we go on talking to musicians about their experiences with music, um, with their journey in the music industry, um, how they deal with different situations, right? Um a bit of like success and how you cope with that and also disappointment and failure as well because we all go through those sort of things as well knockbacks and how hard that might be um and we want to talk as well in detail about a little bit about clothing and stage outfits and how you want to kind of like correct turn yourself into rock star nice up for it well i think it's important to mention uh the concept of failed rockstar club because oh, yeah. i was worried we wouldn't get any guests because because of the Cause name because you <laughs> you've only invited me on because you think yeah. i'm a failure no no you're not a failure because you are putting yourself out there that's oh. that, that's our whole ethos yeah but i was worried like egos would get in the way and people would say i don't want to be on a podcast there, are, failed rockstar there club. are quite a lot of egos in this yeah. industry luckily you're not one of them I, I don't like to think so um, oh, that's good. That's comforting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we we sent loads of messages out to different musicians, and we were like, "Oh shit, no one's going back to us." Oh no, we made a terrible mm. mistake here. The yeah. amount of egos in music is is scary, though. Yeah. Kind of the amount of people like, "Listen to me, I can sing the loudest," and it's just, yes. I just, yeah. Band Aid must have been a nightmare. Oh, yeah, I think everyone that I work with wishes I had a bit more of an ego, but. 
who are you allowed to say who's the worst one you've experienced in your career so far? Mm. Probably not. You can tell me afterwards. Yeah, I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Little teaser yeah. That, that you won't hear. Um, first things first, I think we're going to... We do like little games mm-hmm. as well. Um, features, call them features. Oh, I keep calling them games, don't I? Yeah. It's so embarrassing. Sounds... Um, so we call them features. Um, and this feature <laughs> we like to call Rock and Knowles. Let's rock. So, um, Jez, you want to explain? There's a jiggle for that. You want to explain, Jez, what... Uh, So, Rock and Knowles is a regular feature where we pitch TV shows to each other that are loosely based on music, preferably with a pun in the title. Mm -hmm. So, Rock and Knowles is a reference to Nick Knowles. Brilliant. (laughs) It's only Rock and Knowles, but I like it, was the the original one that coined the... I mean, I don't know how you came up with that, but... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Well, this week... Yeah. Hold on to your butts. Uh, <laughs> plural. Uh, ZZ Top Hats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so imagine this. The surviving members of ZZ Top. Okay. I think there's still three of them. <clears throat> I know, I was always I was really started thinking about this. <laughs> they are forced, they've got a week to come up with a to plan a wedding. Okay. A really formal big church wedding with, you know, top, top hats. Well, somebody who applies to be on ZZ Top Hats. Nice. Um, okay, I get it, I get it. You okay. got the concept, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by Jamie Thixton. Oh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. He's still alive, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's still working. Yep, he'll he'll definitely accept the gig. <laughs> what, I had a thought. Yeah, what do you reckon? You in? Yep. Uh, <laughs> is so it's a documentary. It's a kind of fly well, on the wall documentary. It's fly on the wall. You see how they, you know, the struggles, the drama of will they get the wedding ready on time? Will it be to the brides? Maybe there's an element of mystery. She doesn't know ZZ Top are involved. Ooh. Maybe the grooms kind of. Okay, so it's a bit like don't tell the bride ZZ Top are involved. Yep, don't tell the bride, but uh, with ZZ Top. That's okay. amazing. Yeah, is it? I've uh, got. I've, I've, is it? Yeah. Oh, maybe we can do. You can pick your favourite one. Well, I've okay. You got one. No, but I've got a real thing that's happening, which is pretty cool. With ZZ Top. No. <laughs> with Jamie Thingston. With Khalees. Whoa. Okay. I know. What does that mean? Okay. Okay. Tell um, us more. It's it's out in the public, so I'm allowed to talk about it. But I will hopefully be trying to help out on an event where Khalees has a pop-up milkshake bar oh. to celebrate. Is it an to, anniversary of that? To celebrate. Well, it's 20 years since her first album came out, but it's like a partnership with Deliveroo, and luckily I'm friends with some people that will possibly pay me a tiny amount of money to join in on it. What, do you, nice. what are you going to do? It'll be like a production side okay. of it. So that's how I earn actual real money sometimes. Oh, okay. It's kind of on shoots. Well, maybe you'd be there drinking milkshake with Calice. If if that happens, I will be overjoyed. But I've just, I'm really sorry. I've just. Um, oh, I was trying to think of a Calice based pun for milkshake. Calice Mafia. I know that. No. That's good. No, because that's so solid crew, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, your show. That's the collab. ZZ Top Chats. ZZ Top Chats, yeah. What you got? All right, so I haven't... Okay, so, ZZ Top Hats. Yeah. A... What was it again? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Fly on the Wall... Doc, no, no, this is it. It was a sideways look yep. at Victorian fashion <laughs> with ZZ Top. <laughs> okay. So ZZ Top talk you, um, work through, and through this kind of a technology people, they create 
the worlds and ZZ Top are in the worlds going through different Victorian fashions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about their favourite pieces, why they like it, what was good in the time, where it worked, and how they can maybe kind of like try to use it in their stage shows. Um, and it's overdubbed by um, one and only Nick Knowles, <laughs> where he talks about the kind of like, you know, they did a bit in like Castaway where they talk about they that kind of overdub guy, yep. for example. So Nick Knowles will be overdubbing it, yep. but ZZ Top are having a bit of a quirky sideways look, look at Victorian fashion. I can picture changed. a member of ZZ Top on a penny farthing, yeah. like cycling towards the, the camera, his beard getting yeah. stuck in the spokes. In the wind. Oh, That's yeah. really creative. Thank you very much. Bullshit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so which ones do you reckon? What's, what's your favourite? I uh, Am I thinking from like... A business point of view. A business point of view. <laughs> yeah. Okay. From a creative and like what I would be interested in yeah. point of view. You're the production view, manager. It would be yours. Yeah, thank you. But I think yours would... But you'd be able to monetize it a bit better mm-hmm. because people love that kind of trashy stuff, don't yep, they? Exactly. Things going wrong. Yeah, true. Like, yeah. whereas... Yeah. There's less that can go wrong with Victorian fashion, and people are quite <laughs> cruel. And I mean, look at Love is Blind. Have you watched any of that Love is Blind program? No. Nor have I, but I've heard it's very popular. I yeah. That's I'll... that's people getting married who've never seen each other until the wedding. Is that the concept? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I've recently got into kind of television. Imagine I that. Never Imagine that. If one. you don't see anyone before the wedding, and then ZZ Top Man comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just yeah, mm. that's scary. Okay. So that, that's rock and rolls. Yeah, I think we. Thank I think, we, think we smashed that. Well, I think it was a draw, technically. Uh, so we want to kind of talk to you, Bessie, about lots of different things. Really, um, I've kind of broken it down into songs, mm-hmm. health, gigs, mate, done. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, first off, let's just kind of get a, get a cracking. Really, like, how did you get into music, and have you got any early memories from it, or? Um, I always like I always had this like kind of knowledge that kind of I wasn't too shit at it. Am I allowed to swear? Yep. Okay. Crack on. Um on kind niche. of I used to hum a lot as a child, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but I always used to imagine being like a backing singer. I remember being like, Mum, like what is this? Or my to my sister and I'd be doing like harmonies like <laughs> um but I always had like really, really not not a huge amount of confidence with it. Um, I went to um, a high school which kind of like promoted like creativity, which was really good. It was just a, like a little school in I, but um, but yeah, that's kind of where I kind of was like, oh wow, I can play guitar and oh maybe I can write songs. And I started writing when I was really young, but I didn't really on the guitar. Yeah, I got a guitar when I was about eleven from my granddad, and I was so thrilled and overjoyed and just like ah because me and my sister were like little benefits kids and we used to beg for like music lessons and one day my granddad just turned up with this guitar from an auction and I was just like do you remember um, what your first song was about I remember it so well do you want me to sing it to you I would absolutely love that I think I was about eight or nine it goes (laughs) it doesn't matter who you are (laughs) Or if you drive a flashy car, it doesn't matter if you do or you don't. Doesn't matter if you will or you won't. I'm going to speed it up. Mm-hmm. This bit's the nicest bit. Um, all you've got to think is to be an individual. All you've got to think is that you rule. 
Oh, that was nice. Oh, yeah. That was genuinely good. Reminded me of a Coldplay song. <laughs> Chris Martin's very good at rhyming things like car and R, isn't he? I think that could be the theme tune to ZZ Top Hats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want it, it's yours. Do you remember your first song, Jez? Uh, yeah, it was about uh, living near the sea. I wanted to live near the sea. Okay. How a boy and a girl need a beach. That was that was kind of oh. the uh, oh, nice. that was the hook. That is mm. that is nice. But I was I was a bit older, so yeah. more complex ideas. <laughs> sure. I was going through my old books, and yeah. there was I think I posted it on my Instagram, and there was one that was like, "Why, Daddy? Why?" <laughs> oh God! Oh Christ! <laughs> Which sounds oh, pretty really. Heavy. It, yeah. I know. I was like, it's even dated. I think I was like eleven. But me and my dad have got a good mm. relationship. It's okay, fine. Thank he never. Thank yeah, yeah. Do you think it's okay. like almost in a way that songwriting was like almost like writing a diary for you? Completely. Like it's a kind of way of kind of expressing how you feel it. It still is. Like I still, I don't really. I write songs in quite a backwards way. Like I'll just kind of, if I feel something, if I hear it, it's usually pen and paper. But I've more recently been doing it on my phone and stuff because they're just always there. What sing a melody? Sing a melody, but always just more just writing kind of. Um, just elaborate words and sentences to be like, oh, my day was full. And then that's, I'll come up with a melody a bit later on and then okay. I'll go through all my notes and be like, oh, that'll fit, that'll fit, that'll fit. Oh, okay. Is yeah. that how you do it then? Is that mm. you put is that, yeah, is that your usual songwriting process? Yeah, yeah, I always come up with a melody first. I usually write with, like, bass notes um, and, yeah, come up with a melody first and then fit the words all around it. And people were quite often like, oh, what's this about? Um, what's this song about? Blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I get a bit like, I don't I don't really know. People, it's, they're all so personal to me and people somehow get stuff out of them. I don't really understand it, to be honest. I've gone into writing sessions with people, um, with other musicians that are fantastic, and they're like, we don't really know where you're going. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's Let's not the point. Let's just go there. But, um, As in the, the lyrics? Or yeah, kind of like having a theme and like resolution and the chorus needs to be like this kind of universal thing and then the second verse needs to tie it up. Like uh, I've just never <coughs> ever had that. that sort of, that's not like it's almost like a map, like music, maths yeah. to it. No, people do. Like people, yeah. I've worked with so many incredible people and it makes sense, yeah. it really does, but I just... We've, we've had that as well, haven't yeah. we? Like writing with producers that... It's like we were saying this in the last one, like you kind of write songs and they're saying stuff like you need to have the chorus needs to be in within 60 seconds if you're trying to write a single. Yeah. You need to list that the other a bridge to break it up or a time change in the bridge. And Yeah. I mean, it does make you think. I mean, I don't know about you, but it makes it made me think a little bit more about it. It like, definitely... Challenge you. Yeah, it challenges me. Like, I just kind of... There's always a bit, if I'm in a session with people, where I can just see they're just kind of wanting to headbutt a wall because... I'm then like, what are you writing about? And I can't actually tell them. Is that frustrating? Because there isn't yeah. a linear sort of meaning to yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. But um, but also, I don't know, maybe I should start choosing themes and <laughs> writing about that. But it's not really a choice, is it? it kind no, of, like, yeah. It just comes... Just the comes good songs out. just come out, don't exactly, they? Exactly, mm. exactly. But sorry, that was nothing to do with your question. <laughs> You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage, 
If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints, and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdatesvintage.co.uk. out, mother crushers. How, how do you find collaborating with people? How do you pick the people you collaborate with? And um, I haven't been doing it for very long. The first session that I was ever put into was through um, a really good friend of mine, Paul, who like works at Warner and stuff, and he had a friend who was managing Bill Ryder-Jones, mm-hmm. who is just one of the best people in the world. He's really open about mental health and kind of his struggles with it, and um, his songs can be a bit sad and... Yeah, he's just brilliant. And that was my first ever experience writing with someone else and it couldn't have been with someone better, really. We just got on really well. And he made me feel really comfortable because it's really... Like, it's quite a nerve-wracking thing. Like I still get a bit nervous going into sessions with people and doing writing because your voice is such a personal thing. Like There's nothing that I can do to change it. And kind of... I think that I'm a chronic oversharer and I'll quite often be like, ah, oh, I've got cystitis, I'm really pissed off, my parents are junkies, and people are just like, eh? Um, right. Yeah, exactly, so I need to maybe work on that. And they're not junkies anymore. That's good, that's a positive. <laughs> that's a positive. <laughs> but yes, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I, I always used to, speaking as a, somebody who's written songs in the I always used to, I wouldn't be comfortable playing fragments of songs. I wasn't happy playing things until they were kind of finished. Yeah. I was really, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been. I, yeah, but, I've kind of, I've, I've been put into a, quite a lot of writing sessions with, and they're complete strangers and it is mad, but what I've kind of learnt from it is I used to want to kind of make a really good impression and go in prepared and mm. have like this idea and be like, oh, what do you think of this? And then you'd end up working on that. And actually, I think those unique ideas I've learnt, like try and keep them to yourself because they'll refine like naturally and like however mm-hmm. however it comes out. And it is amazing what you can create with other people. I've written like so many good songs with other people now. And, and have you ever had times where it hasn't gone as well? Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you have the sort of strength to sort of disagree with these people who might be quite f- well established? The first time I didn't and that was a big lesson. Um, the song was, yeah, kind of... It was a good song, um, and he's an amazing producer, an amazing guy, but it was kind of... We could give it to Little Mix or (laughs) kind of, like, Taylor Swift or something. Um, All of those artists are amazing, but, yeah, kind of the vibe. He had this idea from looking at, like, my image, what I should... Like, was going to sound like. And then I've had another one where, um, like they didn't know anything about me at all when I walked in um, and they're like oh so you're really poppy aren't you like yeah and I was like well yeah like a bit um, and then kind of it turned into this ballad and kind mm. of yeah it didn't, sit didn't, right. didn't sit right but I don't know I think it's important to just do a little bit of research if okay. you're going to kind of do you try and sorry to... no 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 but do you try and stop it when it's going that way when you think this is not right or do you just think okay, I'm just going to go with the flow and just see what happens I definitely have now like I was in a session with a guy called Bo the other week who's wicked and we ended up having like this really good kind of tune that came out of it but when you're kind of um, 
throwing back lyrics and stuff. Um, I can't remember what he said, but because I'm ultimately the one that's going to be singing it and that is under my name, kind of if something's a bit kind of, ooh, like <laughs> a bit, a bit lovey or I wouldn't feel comfortable singing it. And like the song that I wrote with um, like Down To with Justin from The Vaccines and my friend Will, um, like everyone was like, I love that song, like let's go with it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Like there were some bits I was really uncomfortable singing just because it wasn't very me. And I spoke to the guys, I was like, do you mind if I change it? And they're like, absolutely not. Like why, like why on earth would be? And I think that was a bit of a like, oh. That must have been a relief. Then. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, would, I would stress about that. Yeah. Because you worry they're going to be precious yeah. and you think they're going to hate me no, for No, I it. really was because I don't know. It's just kind of, you don't want to shit on anyone's well, that's, ideas. Well, that's one of the ego thing. Yeah. I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd be worried. I mean, he's... These are people that are established artists yeah. and you think, well, they must know best. Yeah. I should go with what they say. That's exactly but, but, it. Like, I'm such a small fish. Like, of course you're right. Like, but that's, that's such an yeah. important thing to be true to yourself and to actually speak up when, you, when it's not you. Yeah, completely. Because that, that's what we were talking about last week. We weren't strong enough to do that. When people were telling us to you need to sound like this, we were like, okay, let's go yeah. and sound like that. It is, yeah, it's difficult. It's quite conflicting, kind of, knowing what to do, but it's... Does it it's feel, a learning curve. Does it mm. feel weird that you like that you're on your own doing it with different songwriters and it's different people each time rather than with like a band that you're kind of with? Yeah. Would you ever think I wish I'd a band like a proper band? Yeah, I really I was... like. I really kind of I think what kind of propelled me into music again was definitely like the music scene in Colchester, especially like I was going out with Ben, who um, is in Superglue and Ingus Khan. All of those guys are my amazing friends. They're all fantastic. I love them. Um, all mental and brilliant. <laughs> And um, I would kind of start going out with this guy and I was like, God, I want to be in a band. Like, that's what I want. Because I'd done, I had, I had like a little kind of, I'd flirted with music in the past when I was younger and it had just been me and a guitar. Mm. And, you know, I'd kind of, in hindsight, it was really quite brave, but I'd get trains to like London and Norwich, just me and a guitar and be like, oh, I'm Bessie, I'm here to play some shit like songs. No one would listen. Um, but it was like, fucking demoralizing mm -hmm. and that's what I then wanted I wanted a band and kind of I tried really hard to kind of have a constant band but you know I think if it's kind of named Bessie Turner kind of I need to take the reins a bit and I also I can't expect people to give away all of their time to me for fuck all I think do you remember Tom, Tom Veck do you remember him yeah like he when he wrote his first album it was all it was him and then the second album, he tried to write it with his band, mm -hmm. and he said it just did not work as well because it didn't. It wasn't a Tom Vett record anymore. It was like a kind of band record. Yeah. He didn't have that same control. And he had to go back to the drawing board a bit. Mm. And I think sometimes maybe as a solo musician, you get that this you know it's a Bessie Turner record. Yeah. This is not a the Bessie and the, the Cups the band, you know, yeah, whatever it is. Bessie and band. the Virgins, they used to call themselves. <laughs> but no, like there's they definitely kind of you know anyone with a creative mind is and kind of that's musical can add to a song or give their opinions and stuff but I think yeah ultimately kind of like yeah I think the musicians that I've worked with kind of definitely like add more dynamic as opposed to I think you should change this bit or you know mm -hmm. maybe as you go on as well you kind of end up getting a kind of a band that you work with like the regular sort of people so yeah. you kind of you have that kind of band dynamic but you still ultimately have the kind of the correct creative control that completely. comes with it. I have been blessed, like, completely with everyone that I've worked with. Like, just doing it, like, so selflessly. And, like, as mates as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always I was going to say, is it friends that you kind of bring on board? Yeah, yeah, completely. Because, you know, kind of... 
I don't have, I don't know any musician that has any money whatsoever. Yeah, I was um, going to say, like the financial, you know, parts of being in a band are so tough that you, more often than not, I guess, can't pay the people that are going to be in a band with you. Yeah, that's it, kind of, and I think that... Or if you can, very not yeah, very much. Yeah, that's it, like, no one should give away... Like all of their time for free. I mean, kind of. I, I sometimes have put myself in like the other shoe and been like, if I was wasn't kind of doing this thing, and someone was like, mm. "Can you come and play bass?" I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, hundred percent," because it's a cool and amazing thing to do, and you get to travel around and meet people and play shows. Like that is wicked. But you know, ultimately, you can't just kind of. Yeah. People have got rents to pay. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it might be. That's the thing. I think that's when you see people's in, you know in the social media age, it looks. I've spoken to lots of people who come in here who are on tour. Looks like they're living the absolute dream, but mm-hmm. the reality is they're struggling to pay their tax bills or their or their rents or whatever. Completely. And that's that's the harsh reality. Yeah. And you, yeah, you must have seen that. Yeah, it was funny. Like on the tour that I went on recently, like um, that bloody Burberry coat that I've walked in with. Um, that's a friend of mine that I've just borrowed for ages. And I was like walking around in like this fancy coat that like fuck knows how much that costs. And I was like buying a meal deal in Tesco, and my card was like boop boop. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Like I'm staying in like a complete like nineteen pounds like knocking stop in Leeds. And uh, yeah, what's that? Goodness. What's a nine? Like where you know, like those like hotels. Where, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pick, nope, pick, nope. Pick someone up and yeah. Was one of them. Oh, okay. But it was great, and I had loads of fun. So. That's it. That's that's the kind of yeah. balance, isn't it? You you are having an amazing time. Yeah, completely. But at the same time, you can't lead a kind the sort of financially comfortable life that you would want to. I guess no. I do. that's and that's the balance. Yeah, there's always a kind of like there's a kind of a point of no return, isn't there? Where you've got the line of like having to pay for stuff, like you know everyone has their bills mm. and the music, and at some point it's it's that bit where you're trying you're going up, you're increasing as a musician like your profile and your kind of as your career mm-hmm. but you're still not really getting enough money for it and it's like you have to hang on in there for that like gap where it's like painful yeah and if you can get through it and you start generating a kind of career out of it and like yeah if anyone out there wants to give me a publishing deal <laughs> i'll work really hard <laughs> <laughs> i would if i had the cash thanks because thanks. your songs are great Thanks. Just Thank has been you. listening. Yeah, we've been doing research. We've been doing nice. I, mean, I knew them anyway, but I've been doing some hardcore. So you, Turner you the new stuff you're gonna love even more. Oh, the stuff that I won't have heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. So what? I'm what so is the... bored of everything that's out there. I don't. I don't know. I guess I you must be. You change mm. like, it, so much, don't you? It's kind of well. By the time it's something's released, surely it's you've you've been through that process and you're over it. Yeah, completely. everyone else is hearing it afresh, but you've heard it from being a little baby yeah. to going through and recording rehearsing working on it and yeah. by the time it's out it's like oh, next yeah. so are you, when you play next I saw you've got a gig in May in yes, London yes in right? London at the Lexington which is going to be so brilliant I can't wait is um, that going to be mostly new stuff or you... yeah I hope so there'll obviously be kind of a bit, the hits might, yeah there you've got to play the hits might play a couple hits <laughs> but um, but yeah just kind of working towards that really and then getting kind of a new a new little setup for the summer. This would be fun. Festivals. Festivals. I am doing some. I am doing some. Okay. <laughs> no, I can't remember what they're oh, called. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. One hundred and ten foot above. 
is that one? Stag and Dagger. I remember that because I remember thinking that's quite an aggressive yeah, name for yeah. a festival. Yeah, um, you should have even been booked on a heavy metal festival. Great Escape. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so we know that one. Always <laughs> wanted to do that. Um, I will revise them for next time someone asks. Sure. But it will be on your website and your social media. Exactly, stuff, exactly yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I want to go on to talk a little bit about health, mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, like, well, obviously, but your Instagram, you kind of quite regularly talk about mental health yeah. and kind of like the journey that you're on with that and your own mind. Like, how are you feeling at the moment mm-hmm. with it at the moment? Are you getting on doing right? Um, or are you... Yeah, yeah, I am. I think kind of, I'm sure like we all get this and everyone listening to, to it can kind of relate. Sometimes you're so busy, you kind of forget who you are. Do you know what I mean? It is kind of like just going along and I think that I just kind of stopped recently and I was like oh, fuck like oh yeah I do take antidepressants and I do have these things that I need to address and it's not until you're kind of a bit still sometimes mm-hmm. um which I completely get that yeah. I find that with physical health as well I'm as mental bit, health mm. you know when you 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 feel like you're a bit run down but it's not until you stop working yeah. that you really feel ill yeah because you've got to let your guard down and it is it's important to I'm I'm such a kind of doer and my mum and my sister kind of I stress them out with kind of like having to do stuff and have things on but actually you know it is I think it's so fucking important to feel like shit sometimes I know that sounds (laughs) awful but kind of let yourself be that self-indulgent and I'm just going to watch television and, like, I've got no friends. You know, kind of, it, that just bit... I don't know, I think it's important to kind of really feel that sometimes because then once you have, it's like, bam, actually, like... It's almost like get out your system. Yeah, like, reset. Like, it's, you know, it's like having a good old cry. Mm-hmm. It's like people Let's say... Let's it all out. Yeah, yeah. I also think, I, the older I get, the more I realise this, that you can't appreciate the good days unless you've had those really yeah. shit days. They're exactly. Like, they just feel so much better. Yeah, no, it is, it's kind of... I don't know, this past year has been absolutely mental. So, like, this time last year, I was just getting over nearly dying with sure. sepsis in hospital. And that was really hard. Um, I was in hospital for two weeks and on drips. And, like, it was really mental. Are you completely through that now? No, still... no, unfortunately not. Is that not. what the antibiotics are? Yeah, kind of. So, so that happened and then my friend died. And then I ended up kind of... I've been going to the doctors to and from, like, probably just pissing them off like at least every couple of weeks like please help um and I ended up in hospital again over Christmas and basically um for all of you guys out there listening um I get I get like really terrible cystitis like I can't remember the last time I didn't kind of have like discomfort and somehow it travels up to my bladder and my kidney and then I get a kidney infection and then I get really sick and then I get sepsis and the NHS have been so fantastic and kept me alive and thank you love you but even kind of being in hospital for yeah. a week over Christmas, urologists, which deal with the stuff that I'm going through, um, they deal with, um, what is it, prostates, bla- maybe bowels, maybe not bowels, um, bladders, all the kidneys, <laughs> yeah. like, like all of that stuff. And kind of, you know, if someone's kind of got prostate cancer or, you know, something going on with their blood, like it's way more important than a 26-year-old that keeps getting cystitis so I have actually it's been a really really hard and tough decision but I've borrowed a bit of money to go private and even that's like not got me that far but is it, just but gonna how do you cope with them because it's quite a long old just it can be quite tough in the hospitals can't it sometimes yeah, like mentally tough completely like my mum called me today and I ended up having 
a bit of a I love you mum um <laughs> my mum's brilliant I moved out when I was like 15 and she's she's my best mate she's fantastic but um I don't know she was like Bess you need to speak to your doctors about this I think that's my problem I also had a diagnosis of MS when I was younger when I was a teenager she was like do you remember to say this do you remember to say this and it's kind of the only time I really revert to being a child, like, shut up, mum, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't even need to worry about it. And my way of dealing with stuff is a terrible way of dealing with stuff. And it's by not really dealing with it until it kind of all comes out. So well, it, it all does, explodes all at one go. Yeah, kind of even even just like I'll find myself kind of getting really pissed off if I drop something or if I can't find something do you know what I mean things like that and I'm usually quite like level and kind of everything's all right and then all of a sudden I'll turn into Chucky um <laughs> that's my nickname right only off a few people and that, we would never call you that's Chucky. basically how you kind of end up dealing with like challenges mentally is that you don't you don't yeah. talk about it as much as yeah. you should or I definitely don't talk about it as much as I should and which is really hypocritical because I I'm such an advocate for it. And, I, you know, I speak about it with people that I really care about and that really want to listen. But I, I care a bit more about other people's problems, I think, than my own. I think all my life I've been kind of, oh, this is wrong, oh, this is wrong. So sometimes I just nip it in the bud. And, you know, I've had relationships with people that kind of, like, God... Like, just shut the fuck up about yourself. Like, why? Like, oh, uh, like, uh, so you're always, like, the victim. And I think that that kind of, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people deal with that as well. Like, oh, God, like, don't, don't like, really upset and depressed. And, like, people people mock it and it's, mm-hmm. it's fucked and kids are cruel and I don't know, really. It's like we were talking about it as well, saying that there's a lot of talking about, like, kind of talking about it and you should talk about it, but when the reality of it is actually quite different because yeah. depressed people are quite challenging sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've got a lot of challenges. They want, to, they want to be able to talk about it, but we've all everyone has their own issues as well and it's like it's having empathy and... I don't know about you, but maybe the way you talk about stuff on Instagram is a way of you to be able to cope with it because you feel like you feel good about yourself that you're making a positive yeah. effect for other people to hear. I think that it also when you write stuff out kind of either like on paper or digitally or whatever it kind of you get to realize what you're saying is whereas I've babbled on all kinds of shit that I kind of probably would have rephrased in a different way mm-hmm. um no it is it's it's quite peculiar that I'm really lucky to have um that platform well I think we all are mm. um but I also think it's quite a scary platform and it needs to be monitored and people need yes. to watch out do you think social media is one of the big reasons why so many young people do have problems with definitely definitely like speaking like from like first hand as well kind of I I guess kind of I don't know I'm 26 um and like when Bebo and MySpace and you know I I love TikTok um, I have downloaded it, but I haven't looked on it. Right. My um, I've got a lovely lady, Isabella, who um, like suggests like social stuff for me, and um, yeah, I haven't really explored it that much. I know that Lizzo uses it though, because I follow her on Instagram, which is amazing. We started doing it, and it's um, it's a forty-year-old man doing wacky dances. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's ours. That's not yeah. what TikTok is, is mostly. That's just what our TikTok is. Oh, well, that's <laughs> that's, that's running literally it. just what it was meant to be. Like, no, doing wacky. from what I can tell, it's a lot of grown men playing pranks on people. A lot of putting buckets on people's heads in supermarkets and then running away. The only one that I've ever seen that my friend Mahalia showed me over and over and over. I think she's a bit high. 
um, was someone... Don't take drug kids. Don't take drugs. It's very, very irresponsible. Um, was someone singing an Ed Sheeran song and just squeezing a bottle of water. But it was really funny. It was oh, like, I'm on my way. Like, it was really funny. Lovely. I'll try and find it later. Or not. You played with Ed Sheeran, didn't you? In the yeah. How, how was that? That was mental. That was really amazing, though. Like, I couldn't quite fathom the thought of it. That was actually, like, everyone in Ipswich, lovely small town Ipswich. In one place. Kind of was... Once. Yeah, was a bit in the kind of run-up to it. Like, oh, my God. Are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to deal with it? This is the biggest moment of your life. Blah blah blah. And I was, yeah, and I was um, assistant manager in a really wicked pub in Ipswich as well, and like everyone kind of knew me and blah blah blah. And I really started to be like, God, I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. Which I should probably not do those things anyway. Um, but everyone else putting pressure on me about it being such a massive thing like that scared the shit out of me mm-hmm. and up until the night before I was like oh god I actually feel nervous like instead of excited and then the night before the show I had a gin and tonic and a cigarette with my mate and I was like yeah this is gonna be fine so actually does it um, change like gig like that did you have to change the way you approached it or did you just keep it as it was or because it's a totally different experience yeah. to playing a massive thing like that the sound of the on stage compared yeah. to playing like a venue that's like three four hundred capacity exactly um well yeah no i had to kind of so um tom armstrong who's in dingus khan he usually plays bass with Mm -hmm. me he was unfortunately away so i had to teach someone totally new um and that was quite kind of i don't know getting someone new in yeah um and i just kind of you just have to try and really like ease yourself into the environment because you've got someone there specifically looking after you um, I can't remember his name, but he was fantastic. You get, like, walked to stage. Mm-hmm. You get people... Like, there's a clock in front of you when you play. You've kind of got all of these guys doing all of this stuff for you. Not like one run, run woman, like a machine. I don't think. But, yeah, like, it is. It's just, like, this machine that's going, and you just have to fit into it. And it was quite incredible. I was... Yeah, I loved it, and it was really, Did really... Did he give you a little taste of, like, I could... Yeah. I could, get, do, I could do more what? of this, please. It actually did. I kind of... I don't know, I'm I'm quite kind of modest and like, oh, I'll just do music for a bit until people like it. And obviously it's a huge passion of mine, otherwise I wouldn't be here. But um, but no, after doing that, I was like, wow. Like, Were you buzzing afterwards for a long Yeah, time? completely. Just like, more so because um, just like the environment there. Mm-hmm. Ed is amazing. He's so lovely. He couldn't have been warmer. Um and the reaction was really good because our music's really different. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Justin from the Darkness, or the Darkness were there. Zach Braff. So Zach Braff was sure. like, why? I was like, yeah! Because we were all just at the side of the stage watching Ed, like having like a moment. It was quite weird. And then I went to Portsmouth the next day, very hungover and done a gig there. It's good. I think it's healthy to have that contrast Absolutely. to keep, stay humble. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get over the difference in the sound, like on stage sound. Like, when you're playing a massive place like that, like, when you play a small venue, like, all you do is get bombarded with drums. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe the difference. When you're playing a massive stage, like, you're like, I can't I can't start to hear the drums, I can't believe it. Actually needing some drums yeah. for the monitor. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, a really weird kind of feeling. Where like, was the biggest place you ever played? Uh, probably Barrowlands, what? Glasgow. Yeah, I think, apart from that, which is a complete but, I mean, exception. Yours was like, well, that's that stupid. Stupid big, that, isn't it? Stupid, that was, like... It was, well, I think the capacity was 40,000. Mm. I reckon, like, 
30 were there. But I think the next biggest one was, I don't know, maybe about 1,000, and that's that's really scary as did, well. But did you, when you were playing these big venues, how do you, do you, are you looking at people, or are you just pretending they're not there? Are you looking behind? How do you kind of focus? Oh, yeah, and, and do you get stage fright? I generally don't generally get stage fright. I'm very lucky. I don't really get nervous. Um, I'm really, really, really lucky. I can maybe get a bit kind of anxious and tetchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know when I'm performing. I get really, really, really nervous if someone I really care about is in the audience. Okay. Um, so like a best friend, a boyfriend. Zach um, Braff. Zach Braff. <laughs> But kind of, you know, someone that someone that might indirectly, like a song might reference them yeah. or they might know what I'm kind of singing about. Yeah. That Somebody's, kind of makes me whose like, opinion well, you genuinely really care, care about. about yeah. um, strangers are the best. I love, yeah, like the support show with Gengar and Leeds. Mm-hmm. Like that was my favourite, I think. Just like that loads was just of people. Recently, that was yeah. two weeks ago, right? Just kind of, I don't know, just loads of strangers out for a good time. Yeah. Dude, what about if, like, say, you know, you, London's always like a little bit more pressure in London, yeah, right? Because it's, it's weird, like industry it? types and you feel like you know, people are here to judge you. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I would always feel like shit before these gigs because, like, my God, there's so much riding on these gigs. I'd get all so worked up. Yeah, my. I don't, I don't know if you feel like that or you. I it's def- a different feeling. In I definitely, definitely do know exactly what you mean. My last London show, I was a bit kind of anxious before just because it was quite. Well, it was folklore. I don't know how big the capacity was, but it sold out, and a lot of people that bought tickets were my friends, and mm. I was wondering about doing my thing, and everyone kind of, which is lovely, they wanted to chat and stuff, mm-hmm. but actually I really should have just taken myself off and been on my own. But I can't remember. I think it might have even been, like, Ben Brown, who said something that... Or Tom Armstrong, actually, probably because he's more kind of... I don't know... He just says stuff and it's like, oh, wow, you're right. Um, but he was like, there could be, you know, with these London gigs, um, like, there might be this guy here from this place and there might be this guy. And they were like, but there could be anyone at any gig. Mm, and true. like, it is literally true. Um, you should play every gig like it's your... Yeah, exactly. Like Bono's there. And that kind of, I remember thinking about that, like, yeah, of course, there could be. And to be honest, like, that is completely... Like, that's worked in my favour. The only time that there's ever been kind of like a singer-songwriter sing at a certain pub in Ipswich that I used to work at, um, I was singing at my friend's birthday and I didn't really want to, but I did. And that's how I ended up meeting a man called Paul Sheehan who heard my music for the first time and he was producing Joe Wiley's show at the time. So, like, you mm. just can't yeah. you just can't make it up. You can't predict you can't these, plan things for these things at all. Um. Do you, how do you deal? I mean, everyone has to go through like tough times as well, like disappointments like that. Have mm-hmm. you had disappointments in your career so far, or things that have kind of like set you back that you've kind of? Yeah. Or do you feel like it's been pretty smooth so far? No, I don't feel like it's been smooth. I, I, I don't really kind of. I had a breakup with Ben, and that kind of slowed things down a lot because we worked together mm-hmm. really early on, and we, he was really invested, and we had like this record label that we made together. And then I got really ill, and that was the hardest thing to come back from. Yeah. Um, the first time last year, kind of, I had to cancel shows, and that was really hard. Um, and I don't know, you just kind of learn you're not invincible. Um, yeah, no, I've. Yeah, it's hard and like you sometimes feel like you kind of have to deliver really, really top quality songs and content all the time and be the certain version of yourself, whereas sometimes actually you do just want to stay in bed and have one of those naff days. I think that's what people like about you though, like from what I can gather is the, mm. that candour and the kind of 
honesty. Yeah. Like the this, the crying kind of yeah selfie that you did that kind of and I th- seemed yeah. to connect with oh people. My, that was in, that was insane when that happened. It just kind of but the irony of that crying selfie thing that I posted was I don't know if irony is the right word. Um, I posted that I think like two Octobers ago or something. And the reason that I posted it is because someone like was like, "Oh my god, why have you got pictures of you crying?" And I was like, "Why? What? What? Like, why? Why are you speaking this tone of voice about something?" Like, and I was just like, "You dickhead!" Like, like people can have pictures of whatever yeah. they want. Like, I don't know. And that was just kind of. And then they got kind of got loads of. Yeah, that was mad, like BBC News. Like They obviously didn't have much to write about that week. Yeah. But I was grateful for it. And actually so many people, hundreds of people, I couldn't believe it. Like, I can't believe how many people read the news. Like, hundreds of people were messaging me, just like, thank you, you've inspired me. And, like, yeah, that was, that was, that was so mad. I think it was just after Christmas mm-hmm. as well. And I was like, what? Um, yeah, real Christmas cheer. Well, one of the things that we've noticed here as well is that with the shop is that there's so many like there's a lot of young people as well that feel lost they they don't know where they fit in the world yeah. of social media as well so i think seeing things like that i think that would be like a really kind of positive experience for you because you feel like you're not alone in the world you you know like I, I like to say sometimes if you're feeling really down on yourself it's you're not alone here you're not a piece of shit people go through we all go through similar similar issues and challenges yeah if anything you've kind of summed up the 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 pros and cons of social media the cons being it kind of encourages you to compare your life yeah. to other people in a negative way and think oh god my life's not as good as that person's whatever or i don't look as good or you know whatever i'm not traveling as much the pros are that you can see that there are people yeah struggling like you and you see there are like-minded people and you can connect with other people no it is it is mad i think that people really forget with kind of instagram and um Instagram mostly, I think, because it's so visual, but kind of, we all wee, we all poo. <laughs> yep. Like, mm-hmm. most women have periods, and that their bodies are doing these insane things all of the time. Same as guys, like, we've all, I don't know, we've all, like, we're all kind we've, of machines, and we are, we do need to look after yeah, ourselves Yeah, we break down more. from time to time. Exactly, like, you're not going to, I don't know, it is, it is mad. And it's true. It's quite embarrassing sometimes, really, but we Well, the pooing can be. The mm-hmm. pooing can be, yeah. But we, we we've all got issues, and some people are just better at hiding them. But that's why I keep I keep saying to people: just if you just nice, if you're kind all the time, then you can't really go wrong because you don't know what the other person is going through. That little bit of kindness can really make a difference. No, I think that's the beauty of music, isn't it? And and the power that music can give is to be able to promote kindness and positivity. And with social media, which is an amazing tool for marketing and talking about your brand and your message. It's like the two together have got a really amazing opportunity to kind of like create that. As well as what we feel like with the business. It's like yeah. we have an opportunity here to create a positive environment, a positive well-being that actually maybe... It's such maybe... a little hub here. Well, so I hope. We hope to do that. And that's what we... That's our plan is like we try to kind of... By doing these podcasts, we hope that we can kind of like create awareness about and mental health. create a sort of community around, around positivity, really. Yeah. Completely. Good uh, job, guys. Thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah, it kind of leads us on nicely, I think, to um, move on a little bit. I think to um, have a li- another little game feature, feature, <laughs> which we like to call "Band for Life." Play the jingle.
for Band for Life. We've explained the concept to you, right? With Band for Life slash Band for Life. Yeah. We explained to the, um, the, the, the listeners so we can keep pushing it. Audience. Yeah, so Band for Life, we get the guest each week to, or each fortnight, depending on how busy we are, uh, to pick two bands. One band that they choose to listen to for all eternity as their sort of absolute favourite band. A band that you, you could, kind of a Desert Island Disc situation, okay. you could, could cope with just li- listening to them for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. The whole back catalogue, you don't have to pick a certain album. Mm-hmm. And then uh, an artist or a band that you would ban for life. Erased from existence, like that film with Ed Sheeran in it yesterday. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Well, the Beatles are kind of yeah. taken out of existence. I forget why. Yeah, yeah. He gets that. hit by a car or something. Mm-hmm. But. Um, so yeah. tell, tell us two bands, but don't tell us which is which. Mm, and we're we'll going See I don't know if I'm. I don't know this if is this is too much. Crack on, try, try us. <laughs> Lost profits. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, we can't talk about the details of why you would want to battle them for life. I imagine, but I can see why you would yeah. want to. You remember what happened with them? Well, specifically one member. Okay. Um, of Lost profits. Uh, Sonic so Youth. <laughs> Okay, so you Sonic Youth would be your band for life. Yeah, it's a fine choice. Anything to do with like Kim Gordon? Yeah, oh, um, I wasn't yeah. sure of of that. But when I was on the train here, I was like, band for life. Like, if we're thinking like tactically, like mm. R. Kelly, Lost Profits. Oh, oh. oh I see you. I see what you've done there. Why well, don't? Well, like... it's just their music that's erased from history. Okay, he, sorry. He'll still, he still, still be out there <laughs> doing his doing Doing these disgusting I've things. The feature. Um, yeah. Episode ruined... two, pedos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not funny. No. Um, band for life. Do you know what? Manu Chow. Oh. Oh yeah. Do you remember them? Their yes. music's quite lovely, like weird, like Spanishy. But yeah. it's just reminded me. It just we used to listen to them. Used oh, to drive yeah. me. I started thinking Panpipe Moods. <laughs> used to drive me insane as oh. a child. Like, okay. you know, do you remember kind of that feeling of being a kid and kind of just something, um, it would be like blaring out from the kitchen and it would just kind of, my whole body would get tense and be like, turn it off. Is it because you didn't understand what he was singing about? Because he sings in, is this singing in Spanish? Is it? Yeah, I think it was just... sort of, that yeah, kind of sound. Kind That's of. not racist, by the way. That's just a... No, that's just a, a, that's a emotion, like. yeah, passion. Exactly. Um... Yeah, I think so. Do you kind of know that feeling that I mean, though? It's yeah. just like, oh, my God, like, I've got it with another thing. Certain music that puts you on edge, yeah? Yeah, like, I can't be in a car um, once the car is stopped in, and, like, people leave the radio on while, like, they're getting their stuff out of it. Like, that makes me feel so... So, is it, like, the sort of frequency? I don't Once know. the engine buzzer's gone, it's Yeah, kind of... kind of... I don't know. It was kind of that kind of bodily, like, mm. all-consuming, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh! Like it would make okay. me physically like the TSEB advert as well. Do you remember that? Do, 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 oh do, yeah, do, do, yeah. Do, do. Like I'll be like, oh god. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Um, you might need to cut out that first bit. No, it's fine. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a talking point. <laughs> well, it's a uh, good reason to ban them. Okay, and so yeah. yes, Sonic, Sonic Youth for your well, band for life. Yeah, that I I found that one really hard, but I'm listening so much. To like loads of her solo stuff recently, and then it's made me listen to like loads like Go and like, all of the old albums, and oh, it's yeah. just just brilliant. I do hear a kind of when I was listening to your stuff earlier, actually, I hear, I hear a sort of nineties alt kind of no. Sonic Youthy pavement. Oh, thing you that to me. Mm. Yeah, I can confirm you said that. Thanks, mm. thanks. Mm. Research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloody professional. Yeah. Mm. 
my research went the other direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah delete your internet history. <laughs> so, okay, I want to go back a little bit before we kind of finish. Um, just quickly talk a little bit. Um, this is the dash of fashion bit. Mm. So, have you, do you obviously have like stage outfits do you have like certain outfits you like to wear or do you just like to get dressed up or do you how do you how do you approach that yeah do you pre-plan an outfit or is it just what you kind of feel on the day if it's like something like a bigger festival or when i first done latitude for example or like headlined the bbc introducing stage or was being filmed at reading and leeds or ed sheeran when it's ones like that like i do just because otherwise i just throw whatever on make sure I feel like really good like in what I'm wearing like put on a bit of makeup and just do it and that's the last thing you want to be worrying about when you've got kind of um like a kind of big sense of impending doom around a show (laughs) but um but no as long as I feel comfortable like that's the main thing kind of I hate feeling rushed okay and do you feel like you when you get in change it kind of like turns into rock Bessie does it? Does it? Is that like a thing you do? Like you kind of feel like you're kind of like stepping put, up into put on a kind of a uniform kind of, almost. Kind of the mask, as definitely. It were. Like with with most shows, I'd say like seventy percent of the shows that I do, I will just make sure I'm ready before I go, um, and kind of maybe put on a bit of makeup and have a drink and like really chill. Like seventy percent of shows, I probably don't have an outfit change before, but. When I have done it, it does kind of put this new kind of persona on you. It is, maybe I should do it every time because I'm probably better when I do. <laughs> it does help. I mean, I don't know, but it feels like for us it used to help a little bit. And the only thing was when you were trying to get changed in the toilet, a cubicle of a toilet in the backstage because it didn't have a backstage room. Yeah, that's what... That was a little bit, man. That's what I've struggled... The show that I had in London, it was in this wicked little venue called Folklore. And um, it was the beginning of December, like, freezing cold. Oh, yeah. And I was in this little, like, cubicle and it was all brick walls everywhere and, like, changing my shoes. And I just remember being like... Um, Living the rock and roll dream. Yeah. But, um, but no, it does kind of... Yeah, it does kind of give you... It's the same as anything, like, when you're going out to an event or something, you um, you kind of plan ahead. Would you say you're... Have you got, like, a kind of... If you're playing the gig, mm-hmm. like, what would it be? What's the outfit going to be? What's gonna What's gonna say? This is me. Well, if it was like saying this is me, it'd probably be just like some comfy trousers, always like a ridiculously high waist, which really bothers people for some reason, and like a nice little top or a t-shirt with something, um, like obscene on, which I'll get told to take <laughs> I love off. Ian Watkins. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to wear a Jeremy Della t-shirt to the Ed Sheeran gig, um, but that was dissuaded and i understand why Poo-pooed. just kind of like anything about brexit kind of okay. political stand i understand that yeah. um but i don't know like always just i've got these trousers that i love at the moment and they're like a kind of like fake leather like snake skinny affection nice. like a really comfy pair of black boots and like a big like jumper or a big top just something to feel comfortable that's the word isn't it i to me cool is is just how you carry yourself. Mm. If you're if you're completely comfortable in an outfit, you then you make it you make it work. Yeah. It's as soon as you're self conscious and kind of you know. Well, it's the whole point of clothing, yourself. isn't it? Clothing is is it's a way of how you describe yourself Ex- as well. Express yourself, express yourself yeah. yeah. And you need to feel good and whatever it takes to feel good on stage and feel comfortable and as a performer, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. In definitely. yourself. Could you share your biggest fashion mistake? 
And that can be that can be hair or or clothing. Oh, what like ever or on yeah, stage? Oh yeah, ever ever is fine. Um, I've got a stage one, but I don't want to talk about that because it's quite easy to find. <laughs> oh, there's video evidence. Well, no, I just really regret like again. I was really rushed <laughs> at Latitude when I played on the BBC introducing stage. I ended up wearing like this silver gown that this old man on the boat gave me. Like you could actually happen. Yeah, with like Dr. Martins, but like not even like cool ones, like really dirty. My sister used to wear them to school, like that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I used to. Do you cringe at that when you see it back? Mm, or not? Kind of a bit, just because it's like, it looks like I'm going for something like really cool, but I never quite get that. I've also got like a green streak and a pink streak. At oh, with, on the same gig on, dress? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, I mean,. I respect it still, but I wouldn't wear it again. Um, biggest fashion mistake. Do you remember those hipster jeans that everyone used to wear? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I was really chubby. Like, I'm proud, but I was Good. I was quite a chubby kid. And there's a lot of kind of pictures that don't exist anymore from me wearing like these terrible hipster jeans and like crop tops and I don't know, like just looking really cold. <laughs> I used to cut my baby hair as well on my head. Do you know the bits I mean? And then mm-hmm. they grow oh, like the that. that yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't really have a very good grasp on it. Okay, so um, how can people find you? How? What do you want to tell, tell anyone? Or, um, or both of them? Yeah, what's what's coming out and what, what should we expect? What is coming out? Expect what can we be expect, excited about? Be, get excited about um, an EP coming out, which is it's just going to be a collection of songs that um, a lot of people probably will have already heard, but it's going to be on vinyl and that'll be out over the next few months before the London headline show. And I'm just really excited about having them all on a record and more so again, like we spoke about earlier, like just being able to move on from it. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like I can't wait and it's a negative thing, but kind of. I imagine you're already, as we said before, already on the next stuff already. Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of doing an exam or passing a driving test or Mm -hmm. something. It's like, okay, like I can move on now. Um, And yeah, so just loads of festivals over the summer, the EP and the London Headline Show, which will finish in time for anyone from East Anglia to get the last train home from London Liverpool Street. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can go. Yeah, Yeah, you should come. You can sell some merch. I mean, we'll be drunk. Yeah, yeah, this is true. We've tried that before, and it does, there's no See, way. I usually try and sell my merch when I'm drunk, and yeah. I just give it away. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, free merchandise be, if you come to a, my show. Yeah, yeah. You're a business. I, I'm so terrible. I need to go to business. London to be pitching uh, ZZ Top Hats to a lot of the TV yeah. execs as well. So, Nosey's boys. Combine that. Nosey's boys will be interested. Yeah. I'm sure. Do you know I, anyone connected to Nick Knowles? <laughs> maybe. Okay, make some know. calls. Yeah, yeah. Get him, get him to your gig. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll oh, try. Yeah. I was, I, I let loose. Like, I let loose. Um, my management company are brilliant, and they look after all kinds of people, like actors and mm-hmm. presenters and stuff. And um, before Phil Lip Schofield came out as a, it's quite bad. Actually, I should say it. I think he's a bit of a Tory. I got the impression he is. Yeah. yeah so feel so, free to take him off. Yeah. Before he, I realised his political stance. I had a bit of an obsession with Philip Schofield. I think a lot of people did, and then and they then saw his true face. I found out that he is managed in the same building that I am managed, and oh, I right. lost my shit at Halloween. Ooh. They had apples with his face like burnt onto them. 
Um, and what he insists yeah, on. Yeah, so that, maybe isn't it? Nick Knowles is there too. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, ask the question. Okay. Did you? And Thixton, have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I heard him narrating um, one of those cops programmes. Yeah, he'll do anything these days. Yeah. Do you remember, was, was he the one that got fired off Blue Peter? No, that was uh, Richard Bacon. Yeah. Mm. Thixton did, was, uh, had some scandal with uh, a sex dungeon. Ooh. I think he's... I better check that. Before this goes out, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had some stuff with the s and community. Mm. Wow. Who were big friends of mine. Each to their own. <laughs> well, exactly. I don't see the problem. Yeah. But maybe the show he was presenting perhaps didn't... It wasn't Blue Peter, but maybe it was a youth programme. Yeah. It didn't fit, I guess. Okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> on that yeah, good place. So, so I'm just going to edit that bit out. Uh, it's fine. So, um, thanks everyone for listening to the Failed Rockstar Club um, with our first ever special guest. Aww, you've been very lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, and you can, f- you know, you do all those clicky things. I don't know what you call it, subscribing and all that malarkey. Nice. Can't we, we can put links in the like description of the podcast, right? Probably. Okay, yeah, I think we can yeah, work out how to do that. that. that yeah. We'll put links to Bessie's videos and yeah. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to maybe some pictures of pink and green hair. You <laughs> yeah. can find them. Yeah. Uh, we'll be writing a blog about it as well, talking about um, my thoughts about it and how we kind of went and like just kind of like the journey we went through today. Um, it'll be um, And also, if you want to contact us about anything, um, we're, we're still using our shop. Um, social so if you want to contact us you can contact us on best days vintage oh, on... yeah sorry that's right <laughs> you can say it we, well we want ideas for uh, Robin oh, yeah. Knowles don't we yeah. so yeah best days vintage on all the social medias well the big ones and tiktok yeah uh, uk. yeah if you want to buy stuff yeah. or speak to us uh, and yeah, ideas for Rock and Knowles or any you know features ideas for the slash games for the podcast questions you have for us for our next guest you know if you want to know what's coming up next uh, that's it I think yep okay so thank you very much for listening. listening and see you and later rest of your ah thanks <laughs>